It is Tuesday, and that can only mean one thing. Yes, it is time for another episode of Untapped Potential right here on TDN Radio. I am your host, Dr. Simone, coming to you from a cool and rainy McDonough, Georgia. I hope that your week is off to a great start and that you were able to get some rest, some relaxation, and a little bit of me time over the weekend. Again, welcome, welcome to the program, welcome to our Hour of Power right here on TDN Radio. And before we even get started, I wanted to take a minute to wish a very special couple a happy 45th wedding anniversary. Yes, 45 years of being married, of the challenges and, you know, the successes of being married and being happily wedded for 45 years. So to a very special couple out there in Laurelton, Queens, Mr. and Mrs. Paul and Carol Matthew, my in-laws, I'm happy to say my in-laws, who are loyal listeners and incredible supporters of the program. Happy, happy wedding anniversary and Thank you for being a wonderful example of what a loving marriage looks like even after 45 years. So again, happy wedding anniversary. Uh, You celebrated on Sunday and I hope that you enjoyed some wonderful time together as you usually do. And of course, if you're celebrating a birthday or wedding anniversary during this week, any special moment that you're celebrating this week, happy birthday and happy wedding anniversary or any other anniversary to you this week. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for setting your reminder and taking an hour to join us for our Power Up session today and every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. right here on TDN Radio. So what is on our agenda today? Of course, if you listened last week, you know that our guest is going to be Dr. Dale Dangleben, and he will be joining us in a couple of minutes. He will tell us the challenges he faced as he climbed the ladder of success. But just as important, he's going to tell us how we can contribute to the lives of others who are trying to achieve many of the goals that we have been able to achieve along the way. And you know, this topic really resonates with me because I think that we should truly measure our own success based on the degree to which we are using what we have learned along the way to positively impact the lives of others. So, you know, a lot of us, we've invested time, money, um, energy in pursuing our careers, pursuing our education, and even in terms of self-development. And yet there are so many other people who may be struggling in many of the areas where we are successful. So for me, success really means being able 
to help those who might be struggling in any particular area where we have achieved the success. Now, keep in mind that when we talk about goals during this program, we're not only talking about career goals. Of course, career goals are very important, but we're also speaking about goals such as health goals, financial goals, spiritual goals. So I want us to have a very wide range of the goals that we're thinking about when we're discussing goals on this program. So what areas have you found success in and how would you be able to contribute to someone else who might be struggling with this particular goal? So this is going to be our focus for the program today. And I'm hoping that we will spend a little bit of time talking about this some more once we've had Dr. Dale Dangleman um, join us. So let us enjoy this one from Dr. Dale Dangleman's favorite artist, Mr. Bob Marley, while we welcome him. And of course, let us remember to stay tuned until the end of the show to find out who our next guest is going to be. You know, I think we all know that we have many lofty goals that we might be trying to achieve. But can you imagine what it would take if one of your goals was to start a school? So today we are celebrating innovation, creativity, as we find out who our next guest will be at the end of the program. So again, keep it locked. Call a friend, text a friend, send a WhatsApp, post a media a, a, a message on social media that this is the place to be. We are getting ready to welcome Dr. Dale Dangleben, and we are going to have a wonderful hour together. So stay tuned. Look so, look so 
Dominica, and he is double-boarded, general, and trauma surgery. He is the Surgical Trauma ICU Director at Geisinger Holy Spirit Hospital. He is also the Acute Care Surgery Director at Geisinger Holy Spirit Hospital, and he is also the Clinical Associate Professor of Surgery at Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine. In addition to this, he is the chief editor of the Caribbean Health Awareness Magazine, um, among many other things. I know him on Facebook, so I also know that he's a chef, he's an activist, <laughs> and he is a wonderful ambassador for Dominica. Welcome, Dr. Dangleben. Oh, thank you, thank you, thanks for having me. Yes, and thank you for joining us today. So I listed a whole bunch of titles of who the world says you are, who your accomplishment says you are, but in your mind, who is Dale Dangleben? Oh, yeah. Well, I am a, I, I consider myself, you know, uh, simple in terms of my interaction with humanity. I think that defines who I am. Um, you know, a lot of people expect the guy with, the, with, you know, the jacket and tie and uptight, but I always have been that simple guy who can interact with anyone. So, you know, the guy on the street or the, the, the CEOs of the boardroom, I can, I can deal with that. So that's who I want people to, to, to see me as, not as, you know, this, this doctor, medical director, a very simple person who meets people where they are. Good. Thank you for sharing with us. Now, thank you for sharing that with us. Now, tell us um, some of the early challenges you faced in your professional life. Uh, well, you know, it's 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 really been a road uh, up here because initially I wanted to be a chemist um, because chemistry was a passion of mine, and I uh, undergrad my chem my degrees in chemistry. But it's it's very interesting when you come from the Caribbean and you, you're not aware of your environment. And that's where I was. But I quickly learned my environment of what was going on. And one example I always give of the challenges is the challenge to education, right? It took me nine months to get a job up here as a security guard, but that, that is what it is. But one of the challenges that I faced was educators who were tr literally trying to, to block and obstruct my progress. Right, so for example, the head of the Department of Chemistry where I went to undergrad, I wrote this in my book, um, lied to me to my face and, and, and said to me, there is no such thing. I was graduating 4.0 in chemistry and I went to his office and he said to me, we don't have an honor course. When somebody told me there was an honor course. And then I went back and in the book, it says a two credit honors course. So he actually lied to me. And, and that is the bigger picture of a lot of people like me dropping out uh, when they face the challenge, right? If I had just accepted 
that you know there is no such thing as honors in chemistry. I would never have graduated with honors in chemistry. But this guy who's supposed to be chairman of the department is supposed to motivate me, did not. So these are the kind of challenges, but you have to be, you have to be aware of it. You have to be cognizant to, to see what is happening and, and, and go around it, right? So a lot of my classmates were dropping out and going to a BMCC to take chemistry, et cetera, because they were scared. And it was not because they were stupid. It was because there was a, a system in place to obstruct the progress. Wow, so that speaks very well to mm -hmm. what is going on in the world Absolutely. right now in terms of the systematic obstruction that many Black people um, speak of. So it's not an illusion because you actually experienced it. Yes, and, and from under, you know, even my own, this is very, very important because anyone who's listening out there who's young, who wants to be a pre-med, who wants to go into medicine, has to listen to this because I think it's important to tell these stories. My pre-med advisor, I, I, I speak against that too. You know, there I was, um, I was on the dean's list every semester. I was working full time and, and acing everything. And I, I met my pre-medical advisor and he says to me, well, you know, you have not done volunteer work up here. You know, blah, blah, blah. I see that you're from the Caribbean. Your best bet is to go to a Caribbean school. Wow. The guy did not even give me a chance, you know? And, you know, I, I never went back to him. I never went back to him because my goal was to get into medical school at this point, you know, and I aced the MCAT and I got into medical school. And then I was one of the, 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 the I was recognized for uh, an award, uh, a Jonas Salk award and, and the, the TV stations were there, et cetera. And he was there, he ran into me, but I was already accepted to medical school at Penn State. But you see, these are the kind of people that I speak up against because they are, they are there and I had to fight to be where I am today because of people like that trying to stop me. Right, and it's so unfortunate because I think we, we all have stories such as yours, because mm -hmm. I even remember as an undergrad at Midwestern State University in Texas, that you, know, you try to do the career assessments because you're not sure what you want to do. And it seems like it was always tailored to a certain path. I would do the assessments every semester and it would mm -hmm. come back exactly the same thing, social work, teacher, and not that I am downgrading those right. particular professions, but it just always seems like it was trying to pigeonhole the, the options that I have. So, mm -hmm. so thank you for speaking on that. Now, I know that you're a pretty strong guy, but would you say that um, those challenges took any particular toll on you? Uh, it, always takes a, it always takes a toll. It breaks you down at the moment. But one thing I have, I, I, what happened to me initially, I always say when you have your foot on my neck, that is when I am the strongest, right? Oh, wow. If you tell me I can't do it, I will do it. And people say, well, do you, how do you do it? How do you do this? There is a method to my madness that I'm not going to get into. But that makes me, what, what broke me down make, made me stronger eventually because initially I couldn't understand it, you know, because we grew up, we grew up in the Caribbean. We very sort of, you know, sheltered not well, maybe not the right word when it comes to racism and things like that we our eyes are not open to this so we just we just say well that's how it is but when you look closely and you look deeper you understand it so all these things made me stronger and stronger and the more you know they, they used to call me the abm <laughs> angry black man at one point and and a lot of my classmates were worried about me that you know i would lash out but again, that is part of learning the process because that's what they want you to do, right? I went to medical school. I went to a surgical residency, which is five years of training and then extra training in trauma. It takes a certain discipline. So you have to let yourself understand that you need to be disciplined and you need to be strong, strong-willed to, to, to be able to overcome these things because any little thing that you do in the wrong direction, they will use that against you. And I did not, I never gave them that opportunity. Yeah, and, and, and I'm really happy we're having this conversation because it's, it is so timely. Because like you just said, it's almost like when you're from the Caribbean, they, they tell you that's how things are. And that kind of just reminds me of what John Lewis um, faced when he was trying to, you know, understand what was going on. And his right. mom or somebody told him, that's just how it is. And he refused mm -hmm. to accept that answer right. so mm -hmm. it is so timely um what you're speaking of now let's fast forward a little bit and tell me what your patient experience has been like because my husband is a physician as well and the stories mm -hmm. he comes back with of people 
in 2020, doubting his qualifications, his expertise as yeah. a medical doctor, assuming that he's the, the physician assistant, for example, when he walks mm -hmm. into a room. So kind of tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, you know, that, 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 still, that still happens. Yeah. Um, and I wrote about this in several of my books, you know. It, it still continues, even if I am the, 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 the trauma medical director. Yes, I am, you know, with the other, with the, with the patient transport. And, you know, again, it's not meant to look down on these professions and people have to understand that. But again, I could write a whole book on my experience during training. I would be standing there with my white coat, with my name that says MD, and they would not see that. They would see the black man and they would be like, well, he's here to take me down. And I will give, I will give you one, one, one experience. I was, I was already an attending. And I was the operating surgeon of the day. And the way it works, my partner put cases on. So at the end of the day, I could just keep going. So he put a case on for me. And between cases, I went up to see the patient. So I was in my, in my scrubs. Between surgeries, I went up to the seventh floor. And I'm, I'm there. That's when we had, you know, the charts. And I'm going through the chart. And the nurse comes. And the nurse starts yelling. She's yelling, oh, you will always come up here and take the patients and don't tell us, blah, blah, blah. I looked at her because I don't take I don't take nonsense from anyone. I said, "Who are you talking to?" A little Caribbean, you know. Thing. Who are you talking to? And I said, "I'm Dr. Dangleben, who's going to take this patient to the OR next." She ran off, ran off, and then the nursing supervisor comes and tries to, you know. I said, "No, no, no! I don't want to talk to you. She better get back here and apologize." So she came back crying. And she tried to apologize, and I said, well, even if it's the cleaning person, you don't talk to them like that, blah, blah, all right? And I called my, I called my boss, and I told him, I said, I'm not going to put up with this. And there's a lot more stories like this, because that's what people expect us to be. And we start believing that's what we're supposed to be. And that's what I tell people, man. When, when, when I'm in that position that I am right now, you know, I get written up, and I go, I go where I have to go to report. And I said to them, I don't care. Because you know why? I know what this is about. I have seen this so many times. Do what you have to do. Investigate what you have to investigate. People cannot, they cannot, many of them cannot deal with me being in the position that I am, right? And when I say on Facebook that I am fearlessly free in the positive, I would say that in the boardroom, right? I say, I say that openly because it's, it, you have to be that way. Otherwise, we will always be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And we apologize for things that we're not supposed to be apologizing for. Yes, certainly. And, you know, we're having a, a, an honest conversation, but, you know, these experiences, why doesn't it make you a better person? How are you able to still stand strong, stay driven, stay motivated? Why don't these experiences break you down? Well, you know, it takes its toll. I can tell you, honestly, the last, the last um, uh, since this, you know, thing going on here with black it has really taken its toll on me deep 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 within because a lot of old wounds you know come comes up and so it's not that there is no you know it doesn't take its toll it that you have to always say to yourself you know what i am bigger and i'm better than this and i have to keep going not just for myself but for you know for my children and for, for the greater good of of mankind especially at this stage, you know, black people, you have, I have to speak up on that. So I, I have developed certain mentalities. And one of the things that I read a lot, I've always, I read a lot of books growing up. I still read a lot of books, but I now I've gone off the track to find the books that they don't, they never fed me. You know what I mean? And when I read these books, I have a better understanding. Because I always, I always go back to Marcus Garvey. And, and, and when we were growing up in the Caribbean, I associated him with Rastafarianism and, you know, whatever. But there was so much more to his ideals and things. So when I, when I read about these guys, I try to put myself in their place. And that is my strength. So when I talk about, when I come on Facebook and I talk about ancestry being my guide and my vector, I, I really honestly mean that. And, and this is the things I want people to understand because that is where your strength, the strength has to come up. You could come home and say, oh my God, they treated me so poorly. What am I going to do next? And feel defeated. And that's where it breaks down because once you start feeling defeated, that the anxiety kicks in, the depression comes in, and then you become a different person. You cannot let that happen to you. And I know it's it's very different for certain people in terms of how they deal with certain certain things, you know, such as anxiety and depression. But the triggers, 
certain triggers for, for, for us exist. And the quicker we can see it, the better we'll be able to handle it. Yeah, and, and you know, so, so very true. Because one of the things I tell myself every day, because, you know, the world sees you as a particular person. But mm -hmm. the thing I tell myself every day is you don't get to define me. So I say this every day. You do not yeah. get to define me and I will not engage. Yeah. Because you can almost feel the negative energy coming towards you. Right. And it's almost like you have to be prepared mentally to say, you know what? This is negative energy coming towards me. And I'm simply not going to engage because this is not who I am. Yeah. So it's, it's this constant battle within your own mind to stay prepared. And, you know, one of the books, you know, Fanon, I think I have it back there somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, um, um, Black Skin, White Mask um, is such a powerful book. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Fanon was from Martinique and he was a psychiatrist. And, um, you know, just such a prolific writer, just brilliance. And these are the kind of books, you know, just black skin, white, white mask. And these are the kind of things that I read that makes me understand where I am, where I am right now. Not where I was 30, 40 years ago, but where I am right now. You know, I sit on the medical executive committee. I run the ICU. I do this, I do that. But at the end of the day, who am I deep within? You know, and, and, and I don't think about, honestly, I don't think about what my, the CEO or the CMO, I said to myself, you know what, what have I become that my parents would be proud of? These are the kind of, these are the kind of things that I think is more satisfying to me because when we run around trying to please certain people, we ended up, we end up disappointing ourselves mm -hmm. and, and self-disappointment is, 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 is really a poison to the soul. Right. And, and I'm fascinated by the books that you are talking about that you said they don't want us to read. So can you tell us a couple of those books? Because I'm certainly interested now. You know, uh, Wretched of the Earth and, and, and um, from, from Fanon, uh, The Black Athena. The Black Athena, um, I have it here. I have a couple books right here. I also have Anthony Frampton. I have, uh, I have that. I also have, this is an old, old book. Uh, this is from Eldridge Cleaver. There's a whole story. So, so on ice. ice. He was the minister of um, information for the Black Panthers. He became a, you know, a disgrace. That's a different subject in of itself after he, he went into exile and he had to come back. But these are the, these are the kind of books. I, you know, I sent all the, the, the Black Focus books of Marcus Garvey. I sent that down to St. Vincent. I sent that down to the Caribbean so they can have a bookshelf for people to read. But these are the kind of books that I read so I can understand. Also, religious you know, text, and I'm not talking about not, not just Christianity, I explore different religions and how people, how people look at, at, you know, at religion. Um, because again, if, if, we, if we look at things just from where we sit, we don't understand other people. And that's where the phobia comes from, right? So I, 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 I read certain things, I have a lot of, um, ebooks on my on my phone so when i have a little time i can read and 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 i think that's what's important in terms of in terms of developing the mind one of the first books i read up here was called the execution of song a song by norman mailer it's a true story about a murder right and and it it it, 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 it it's, it's it's really not even a black and white issue so it, it was a white guy was on death row but it gives you a perception of what the society is around that was one of the first books and then one of the second books i read was you know the, the autobiography of malcolm x and like wow right and then i read i read i know why the caged bird sings and and by maya angelo it's just such a wide selection to read from and to see that you know what this is not just a straight line there was just so much more and then you know you sit and you focus on the things that you read, right? And then when I read about Franz Fanon, and then I understood his influence on, 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 on the Africans, like Steve Biko, and, and how this, 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 this ripple effect, James Baldwin, right? I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not your Negro, I have that back there. These are the kind of books that I started to read. And that's has only been in the, in the last five, six years, to be honest with you. But I really got so deep into it that I started to understand myself better as a black man. I could sit here comfortable with the money that I make and just say, you know what, 
leave that alone, enjoy your life. But it shouldn't be like that. Because when you think of the greats, I wrote a poem, I wrote a poem, you know, where is Marcus? But Marcus Gavi, but it was just about all the greats from the Caribbean, right? Whatever you think of them, you know, Forbes Burnham, you know, Eric Williams, whatever you think of them, they had something to bring to the table. And it, it was so deep and intellectual that, you know, you have to go there and try to understand it. Yeah, some, some powerful, some powerful information. So for our mm -hmm. listeners, um, if you did not catch all the books that Dr. Dangleben was talking about, I'm hoping that you will uh, probably send me a quick um, list of the books and we'll be happy to share sure. them with you. And, you know, mm -hmm. it just seems like it's all about shifting your perspective. So we grew up with one perspective and then the onus is on us to right. educate ourselves to be able to um, to depart from that perspective. Now, I would be remiss if I did not ask, what has been the impact of coronavirus on your institution? Uh, we, we, we've, been on, we've been on a downslope for a while, uh, which, is, which is good. Um, I think, you know, overall Pennsylvania has done a, a great job. My institution, um, I work for Geisinger, which is a very, very big system. We have five trauma centers, et cetera. So it's, 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 it's well organized. Um, I could tell you late March, April, May was, you know, pretty, pretty scary uh, in terms of, you know, what was going on, you know, the increase in the cases, the mortality. Um, but I think we did a very good job in terms of containing. We still, obviously, it's, it's literally part of what we are now, you know, with the mask and, and the washing of the hands and, and, and the, the alcohol and things like that. So, I think it's, there's a lot of education that has taken place. What else is going around the country? That's a different, that's a different issue in and of itself. Uh, more, I think, you know, uh, political and, and misinformation and lack of education. But I, I think for my institution, things are going well. Good, good. Now, you know, I follow you on Facebook, Dale, and I have to tell you, it seems like the rest of us are given 24 hours a day, but somehow mm -hmm. I think... I feel like you have more than 24 hours because everything that you do, you're an author. Now I see that you're a chef, you're a poet. So how do you, how do you keep all those balls in the air, Dale? How do you, how do you keep from completely crashing and where does all that inspiration come from? Well, you know, I've always, honestly, I have always done all these things. I've, I've been cooking for a very, very long time. You know, and, and that inspiration comes from my mother who passed in 2013, um, you know, and so the, the thing about it is ideas, people have ideas, ideas are, uh, you know, what is it, a dime a dozen, you know, you have an idea, oh, wow, you know, and you, know, you want to keep it to yourself. I have a method and I don't mind sharing it. Oh, please do. So, um, so when I got, the, for example, when I got the first iPhone in, 20, in 2009, um, there was any surgical education um, information, there was none. So I, I went and I started an app company and we started developing apps, right? So, so to me, when there's a void, I step in and I, I do what I have to do. Now, the, the method to the madness is this, you get an idea and we never write it down. And then mm -hmm. later that day, like, oh my, what was it, what was it, what was it? I never do that. I never do that. I have my phone. I, I have used technology to my, um, to my advantage, I dictate, uh, you know, as a surgeon, you have to dictate everything. I dictate into my phone, into the notepad, every idea that I have. And then I can go back, you know, tomorrow, next week and develop it. So even when I write my, people wonder why I write so quickly. Yes. I don't write, I dictate. Mm -hmm. So even my poetry, I dictate, right? So it's a matter of, of, of using, using, I don't want to go too deep into it, but it, I use the technology to my advantage. Yes. I have worked with people. I have worked with people in India. I've worked with people in Europe, and I've never met these people. Um, uh, I'm talking about 10, 10 plus years in technology and building things, and it's about using, you know, like we're doing right now, using the Zoom. And so that's what I do. So in the middle of the night, if I wake up at two o'clock and I have an idea, I do not go back to sleep. Right? I say to myself, okay, I'm going to stay up till four. I'm going to sleep for another two and then go to work, right? So that's another discipline that has to be, you know, that has to happen. But I put everything down. And what I do when I have a free time in the evening, for example, if I'm writing a book, I have it dictated in my phone. 
but then I would go and I would email that from the notepad, right, to my to my cloud, and then I could type and edit it in Word, and then I send it back to my notepad on my phone, and then I could go back and and dictate into the story. So that story moved very very quickly. I just did a book called After the Virus, and I literally wrote it the the, the whole story in two weeks. It took longer than that to to develop it, but the whole idea. I have about five concepts for books already in my notepad. So it's about how you manage your time. Some of us, you know, as I get older, I, I need more sleep. <laughs> but when I was when I was training, I was, you know, sleep is overrated, sleep is overrated. I don't want anybody to, to, to take that, you know, literally because I need my sleep now. But if you want to do something, do it. Don't sit there and, and wait because how many times have you Woke up in the middle of the night with an idea, and then the next day you're like, "What was that? What was that? What?" Totally went, and like it was a great idea. It was a great idea. You just cannot remember it for nothing. I put every, I put everything down. I was the first res surgical resident to walk around with a trauma camera. You can't do that anymore. Around my neck, and every injury that came in, I would take pictures. That was 20 years ago. So I have over 10,000 surgical images, right? So when I wrote my um, when I wrote a textbook for Springer, all the pictures in there is copyrighted to me. I own those pictures, right? So that's and and you have to understand. You it has to be a learning learning process. If you look at my first book that I published, I'm not. It's, it's good. I'm proud of it. But if you if you translate that into, into now, I've improved. And you have to learn. That's the whole process. It's the learning process. Yeah, so, so if you're just joining us, we're speaking to Dr. Dale Dangaban out there in uh, Pennsylvania, it is, right? And yes. he's telling us all about what it takes because, you know, the name of the program is Untapped Potential. But for the, the sake of this episode, I'm just going to call it Limitless Potential because <laughs> <laughs> that is what Dr. Dale has, Dr. Dangleben has. And, you know, it is so interesting that you talk about um, putting everything down in your cell phone because that is exactly what I do. I wrote my entire book, Push Past 10, and the notes are all from my phone. And it's so funny because I do exactly I do exactly the same thing. Oh, you have my book. Thank you so much. I do exactly the same thing. Um, you know, you note it into your phone, but I don't mind typing into my phone. And then what I do so I don't lose the information, I email it to myself. Mm -hmm. So yep, that way, if God forbid, it disappears from my cell phone, I have a backup of the information. So, you know, I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face <laughs> because I'm thinking, oh my, I do exactly the same thing. Yeah. Now, you talked about your books and everything. Now, if you were interested in um, getting copies of your books, do you have a website? Um, where might we find more information? Well, everything, everything is, on, is on Amazon. But, um, you know, I started this, this uh, program in 2015 called Carry Swap Shop. And I, I really wanted to, again, I did this, I invested a lot into it because I wanted the, the, the Caribbean vendors to sell, to bring their products online because there's a lot of people who cannot afford to build a website, get a developer. And it's, it's, it literally costs about 2500 to get a full website with the developer and all the, the, the hosting, et cetera. So I, did, I developed carryswapshop.com and it was a failure for the first few years. We're, we're, we're relaunching that now with a focus on the diaspora because the big issue with the Caribbean is shipping. So a long story to, to long about uh, answer is all my books is on Carry Swap Shop right now. It's a little cheaper on there than Amazon because the way Amazon works, you know, it's a royalty system. So all the books I have published for all the, all the folks, you know, um, for Adair uh, Sanford, uh, the Kalinago book, you know, Shirley Allen, all great books. We're all gonna bring these books to Carry Swap Shop, but everyone else can also get it on Amazon. Okay, good, good. So what I will do, I will also include um, a, a link to your um, shopping website um, onto my website when I put um, your promo information. Now, as we get ready to wind down, I found this very profound um, information that you wrote on Facebook. So I'm going to read it out because I think it kind of captures a lot of who you are and why we're so proud to call you Dominican. So I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading all of the information, okay. but it says, 
you can gain the world without losing your soul. Many get to the top of the mountain and they cut the rope that got them there. They then stand on the mountain and thump their chest thinking they are untouchable. Climb the mountain, build a road or drop a rope, bring others up. How profound. Can you expound on that for us? Well, you know, it's, it, it's, I truly believe that, you know, I, 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 it has to go back to Marcus Garvey. I, I have so much to talk about Marcus Garvey, but it, it's, there's so many, there's so many of us that make it, quote unquote, make it, you know, financially capable, whatever, whatever talent we have. And we feel like we've arrived. And I look at the, the black community and I have to say that we, we, we even, even if, if some of the celebrities, and it's me, me, me. It's the individual. I have made it. I have made it. I have made it. And I think that's what our problem, our biggest problem is. We don't come together as a collective to bring each other up, right? If I have a talent and I made it, why can't I invest in somebody else's talent? And we don't, we don't see that. You know, I, I have written all this book and, I, and thank God I'm, I'm financially capable to publish my own books. Illustration is very expensive. But there are no, there are literary agencies out there and we cannot get all, there is no pathway for black authors. I go to every store, I've taken picture of all the books from the shelf and they're all white authors, right? But you think of certain people, I'm not gonna mention their names, maybe some in, in your neck of the woods that, are, that have become celebrity and they don't, they don't, they have not created a path, a liter, literary, literary agencies, all the other sectors. That is what we need to get into. And that's what Marcus Garvey wanted for us. Economic upliftment. We need to be at the table discussing the economic upliftment of each other, right? You have a talent. I have a talent with different, in, in, in different religions, different things. But when it comes to building each other, we don't know how to do that. We get to the table and we start arguing about things that are irrelevant, not necessarily irrelevant, but that will not get us to the next step, the politics, the religion, all these things hold us back. Absolutely. And that's what I'm talking about. When you get up there, mm -hmm. you don't have to build a road, like I said, but drop a rope, Absolutely. bring one up, and then another's going to bring another up. And then we're up there, and then we can do something. But we're so greed, I'm telling you, greed, greed is one of the things that hold us back. You have, you have celebrities that are worth billions of dollars with no children and builds a, to build a $200,000 school in Africa. That's not enough. Mm -hmm. That's not enough. And we have to learn from other groups to, to do better. And it has to start with the individual talking to people like me and you having these discussions about these things. And with, don't even let me start about the Caribbean folks and how we step on each other next because of our envy and jealousy. When I see a young Dominican or old, whatever, bringing something to the table, that, that makes me feel good. It's not like, oh, I wish that was me. No, we have to embrace that. We, we, we have this jealous mentality. The crabbing barrel thing has to stop. Yeah, and, and that's certainly powerful. And you certainly walk the walk that you're talking right now because I've seen you promoting others on Facebook, including me and my book. So I know that um, you're very serious. And I think it really starts with us. And I'm hoping that by networking with uh, people like you and others that I'm speaking with, that that is in fact what we're doing, that we're creating a community of people who have quote unquote make, made it. And we are hoping to spread the ripples of what we have done so that others do not have to begin from scratch. Because I think right. a lot of it starts with that, that yeah. we, we, we are so, um, so much as individuals that we do not take advantage of the strength of each other in terms right. of building a community where the next person, the next generation is not starting from scratch, but they're starting mm -hmm. from our shoulders and they can move all of us up together. Right. So, so truly powerful information. So as we get ready to wind down, I want to tell you how much I appreciate that you took some time to be with us. I know you haven't slept from, mm -hmm. <laughs> from your so, shift. It's all good. So um, I truly appreciate that you, you, you did this um, for us. And do you have anything you would like to leave with us? Any parting words you would like to leave with us today? Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I honestly, 
want to get back to that idea of of the collective strength and and working together no matter who we are where we are and again it's not it's not even a black and white thing mm -hmm. it, it has to be an individual humanitarian thing in terms of how we move forward we're too divided we're too divided politically we're too divided on a religious basis we just need to drop it and come together and 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 do things like we're trying to do with that literary a group yeah. that we have and, yeah. and these are the kind of things that we have to build the financial part you know um when when folks say well you know he's here to he just wants to make money no i have made my money don't be silly i'm, I'm trying to to bring things do things that i have learned up here that other people do in terms of investing and, and how they how they grow their money these are the kind of things that i think is important and we all have to pay attention to it that's yes, it. and you know, and you know, I'm really trying to let you go, Dale. But I, you know, it's, I'm just so fascinated with this conversation that I have to ask you: How do we break these barriers? Because you know, you do get the sense that when you're trying to do for others, the first thing people will think: Oh, she's just trying to make money. He's just trying to make money. How do you break that barrier to show that what you're trying to do is invest in your community? Well, I, I think the like-mindedness of, of, of certain people have to come. We have to start there. There are some people that's just going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that we have to accept also. That, that's, that's the reality of the situation, like I put it. But if, if it takes five, six of us to come together, for example, to start a literary, a literary agency, to start an investment group, and then we build, we build on that. Because most of the other folks that do it, you know who they start with? Their family and friends. Mm -hmm. That's how a lot of people I know that run investment companies in New York start with their family and friends, taking chances on them. Mm -hmm. We have to start believing in each other. So I think it's you convincing, really convincing one or two people and then coming together and growing from there. The idea of, of always looking for one person to lead is also a big problem with us. You know, oh, I, I'm not in that, let him do it. No, come together and do it, collective strength. Yes, fascinating, fascinating. So again, thank you for being with us. We have learned so much from your life experiences, your struggles and your triumph, and we look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you. Thanks for having uh, me. So, so have, a, have a good evening and try to get some rest. You All are right. listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone.
community building. Thank you again, Dr. Dangaben, for your enlightening words. And also let's uh, thank Morgan Heritage for that number, uh, Down by the River. So what can you contribute to your community? Now that so many of us have more hours than we know what to do with, this is something we should really be thinking about. What area of life have you found success and how can you help others to find success in this area? And again, remember, like I mentioned before, when we speak of success, when we speak of achieving goals, we're not only speaking of education and career. So have you found success, for example, with living a healthy lifestyle? Are you in a successful relationship, whether it is with a significant other or with your children? children? Do you know great ways to invest and gain financial success? You may not think that you're successful in every area of life. And let's face it, none of us are successful in every area of life. But someone is looking for your guidance in the areas where you are successful. So how can we build that community of support where we can learn and grow together? Because let's face it, that is essentially what Dr. Dangoben was talking about, that when we get to the top, we should not just sit in our success and said, I've made it, beat our chest and said, and say that I have made it. We should be thinking about reaching back to others and figuring out a way to help them be successful as well. So one of the best ways I am connecting with those who are willing to share the areas of success in their lives is through Facebook. Now I know not everyone is on Facebook, is on social media, and that is fine, but you still have a role to play, right? You can offer guidance to those in any group that you're a part of, any community that you're a part of. You can see where the need lies and you can make yourself available to someone who may need assistance with that particular goal. So, but for me, Facebook works great. I have met some wonderfully motivated people who are highly successful and who are also willing to share the challenges they face and the successes they have attained. So let me officially thank everyone who has joined us so far and has been willing to share this story so that it will inspire others. So we are growing as a community. I'm very excited. We are growing as a community. And I, you know, as I usually do in the beginning, I call us the power of nation because I truly believe that we can inspire each other in so many ways. So right now, we are growing, as I said before, between the visits to the website, pushpast10.com, as well as all the different social media outlets. We are about 3,950 strong. So in the last few months, there has been incredible support for this program. And again, I just want to thank everyone who is a regular listener. So again, we are growing on a daily basis. And I think with almost uh, 4,000 members, we do have people who are successful in just about every area of life. Now think about if we tapped into that energy, if we tapped into all the success of the people who are part of this group, how incredibly successful we would all be in just about every area of our life. So if you have not yet joined the nation, you can find our community on Facebook. We are Push Past 10, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10, 
Push Past 10 on Facebook. Or you can also visit my personal page, which is DA Rose. So the letters D A Rose R O S E D A Rose on Facebook. So again, two ways to reach us on Facebook Push Past 10 or DA Rose. And on Twitter and Instagram, it is simply Push Past 10, P U S H P A S T, the number 10. So you do have what it takes to be a part of the, the group because I know that you are already successful in a particular area of, of life. So what can you, what can we learn from each other? What can we learn from the group? And just as important, what can we contribute to the group? And again, we're going to keep building our resources for the group, for the community on a weekly basis. And I am constantly adding information to my website, which is pushpast10.com because I want it to be a one-stop area where we have everything we need to be successful with the various goals that we've set up for ourselves. And again, remember, you can always listen to the podcast for this program, as well as previous episodes, as well as seeing the videos of the interview. And I'll be sure to have Dr. Dangleben's um, video interview available by the end of today. And I cannot forget to tell you about our next guest. I'm very excited. His name is Mr. Heman Williams out of Portsmouth. And yes, in fact, he created his own school, his own school called Academics School of Learning. Initially, he had the thought of assisting students who, for whatever reason, were unable to complete their high school education, but he has now gone one step further. So over the years, he has now added the tertiary level education where he's helping students to go beyond high school. So I'm very excited that he will be joining us. I have tons of questions for him about how exactly do you start a school? What are his qualifications? Did he receive any assistance from the private sector or the government? So, you know, and if you want to add any questions to um, our interview with Mr. Heman Williams, you can go ahead and send me an email at pushpast10 at gmail and I will be happy to include his um, questions to his interview. And I would hope that we can all support his efforts. You can visit his website, which is academicssol.com. So I'll spell everything out so you have it clearly. It's academics, A-C-A-D-E-M-I-X, sol.com. So again, academics.com. So you can take a look and let's support him. Let's support his, his innovation, his creative spirit. And of course, don't forget, we have yet another incredible young man coming up in just a couple of weeks. We mentioned him before. He is a full-time Harvard graduate student, as well as the leader and lead singer of a very popular band in Dominica. So have you been able to figure out who we're referring to? I'm sure that some people are quite aware of who he is, but um, if you were like me, I was quite surprised when his name came to my attention. And let me, while I'm at it, just go ahead and thank the many, well, I shouldn't say the many, but the few people who have been giving me great referrals for people who are wonderful to interview for the show. So a big shout out to uh, Wayne and Sabria Senhouse, my brother and sister-in-law out there in New Rochelle, New York, always giving me great ideas for who should be the next person we should be interviewing, as well as my godmother out there in St. Kitts, Mrs. Frances Ann Satney. A wonderful resource for the program, always coming up with great ideas, great potential interviewees, as well as great content for the show and always promoting it to others. 
So again, thank you for everyone who's a part of this community. As you can see, like we mentioned before, it's all about one helping the other to bring the community up together. So this is how we do it every Tuesday right here on TDN Radio at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We come together, we take a mental break from this crazy world, we enjoy great music, we enjoy inspiring guests, and we learn from each other. So be sure, as always, to set your reminder. Join us again next week, same time, same place. And as always, important, remember, your life story is your strength. Your past challenges have made you stronger and have prepared you for your current challenges so you can take them on head on. Okay, so always keep that in mind that the challenges you have survived along the way have made you stronger. So again, stay safe, stay positive, stay productive, and stay active. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week. Take care.